Hello and welcome to the Pulsation podcast coming from the New Wolsey Theatre as part of Pulse 18 Festival. My name is Dave and I've been speaking to some of the acts who showcased their work here in Suffolk over the week. Although in this podcast I managed to grab some time with Paul Warwick from China Plate who is one of the producers behind the Pulse Festival. Paul kindly allowed me to question him on all things Pulse and we spoke about the role China Plate plays in bringing shows to Suffolk. We also talked about his background and journey to becoming a theatre producer and the formation of China Plate with his business partner, Ed. We also talked about some of the acts he has helped develop both in the past and currently. Paul, I found, is a really amicable chap and clearly he has a great passion for what he does. Uh, And I feel this podcast sheds some light onto what the role of a producer in contemporary theatre involves. Um, So enjoy. Good evening, Paul Warwick from China Plate uh, here at the Pulse Festival 2018. We're at the New Wolsey Theatre. It's day seven of Pulse. How's it been for you? Well, it's only day seven of ten, so I don't like to count any chickens before they hatch, but it feels like it's been a bit of a vintage year. We've had terrific audiences. Um, we're seeing different audiences in different shows, which is always really nice. Mm. And talking to audiences after the shows, which is something that's happening more and more, people are saying that it feels like a really, really strong program this year and that they've really found the work fascinating and the variety of work they've yeah, really enjoyed. It's been robust. There have been, I, I haven't seen any anything falter at all so far. Yeah, it's been highly enjoyable, in fact. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the idea behind the way we program it, all the shows or most of the shows we're pretty confident of the quality of. It's also, when you're curating a festival like this, it's also important to try and find opportunities within that for artists who are less well-known mm. or less well-known to us, so we don't necessarily can't necessarily vouch for the quality of their work in advance. So that's a part of some of the programme, but that's clearly signposted for our audience. So around. does that sort of come through on su- the suitcase and the scratch days and yeah. uh, the Sunday, which was the free The free day. Sunday, yeah. So, yeah, certainly scratch day and suitcase day have... Well, their scratch day is, is, a, is, as any scratch day is, is an opportunity for artists to use the audience or work with the audience to shape the work. So yeah. they're all trying out new ideas, trying to get feedback from an audience and use that to help shape the work. Uh, and suitcase day is actually a mixture of some finished extracts and some work that's at an earlier stage in development, but is is all work that is the intention is that that work will be able to tour on public transport. So it's yeah. a little nudge to try and get people thinking about the carbon footprint of sure. the work they make, but also, of course, the st- sustainability of that work from a touring perspective as well, because it may well be that what thinking about that the environmental sustainability of the work also probably helps you make a slightly lighter on its feet piece of work that is easier to tour. Yeah. So traditionally, both of those days have been an opportunity for us to to give space in the programme to artists or work that we don't know so well. But of course, all the work that's seen on those days is in extract, not in in its full form. So we, yes, so this year our experiment was the new Free Sunday in which we programmed four or five full shows, none of which we'd seen. Mm. And in fact, I think in all cases this year, bar one, I hadn't even met the artists. Okay. So it's a real risk from our point of view. Yeah. And because that's a 
punt on our behalf, we're saying to the audience, pay at the end, not at the beginning. So take the risk, but don't put your money up front. See the show. And if you think it was worth the 10, 15 quid we'd be charging for a ticket, then pay for that at the end. Yeah, the so, shows were good. Yeah, they, I they think they were fantastic. On, and on and we had we had great audiences, some sold-out shows. And actually, the money we took in the bucket wasn't far off what the target would have been if we were selling tickets up front. So yeah. it feels like a really good experiment. And we saw some new faces in the audience talking to the team here. It definitely felt like some people took a punt on Pulse who might not otherwise have done that or who we don't normally see coming through the doors. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's been... It, we're always... I mean, we feel like we hit our stride six years ago with the way we slightly rejigged the Pulse programme, but we're always looking for ways to make little adjustments and improvements. And and it's really important that the festival is, on the one hand, is about bringing the absolute best contemporary performance we can find to the audience in Ipswich and Suffolk, and that's one of the things it does. But it also has to work as an opportunity, a development opportunity and a showcasing opportunity for artists. Yes. So we're sort of balancing that programmer's desire to put on the absolute best work we can find alongside giving opportunities to emerging artists or artists we don't know so well. So many artists have, have said how welcome they feel here to sort of experiment with their work and and also how they're received by both the staff of the Woolsey and the audience. Yeah, I mean, it's the feedback that I've had as well. People, we're getting a string of emails every day just yeah. saying, it's my favourite festival, we're made <laughs> to feel so welcome, nothing was too much trouble. And I think, you know... The reception in the building, that is largely down to the terrific team here at the New Woolsey, who mm. really, really... I mean, it's not, an, it's not an easy thing to bring in 55, 60 shows over 10 days and tech them all with limited time and make that work. But the feeling that we get from the artists is that, you know, they pretty much get what they want, they're looked after. There is a it's real just, respect for the artists sort of at the ethos of... of well the theatre and Pulse as well totally I think it's uh, yeah so they get that but then I think you're right about the audience reception as well there is something there's something quite special about coming here because you can play at you know certain venues in London or at the Edinburgh Fringe and there's a real sense that that you're performing your work to other artists or certainly certainly a fairly small group of people who are very keen and very familiar with contemporary performance whereas what you're getting here is an audience who are just interested in what's going on at Pulse and coming along and don't necessarily and not necessarily made up of other makers or people who are extremely well versed in you know haven't done degrees in performance art and all that and it's a joy to see those audiences responding to the work and again it's one of the things that we often get in feedback from the artists is that that is a real pleasure to be able to show that work to regular theatre goers and get their feelings and their take on it And, Mm. and the audience is immensely supportive of the artists it's interesting that the suitcase and scratch days where you're seeing 12 14 pieces of unfinished work they are the they are always the first shows to sell out. Yes, um, yes, very early on. So it's just this massive appetite, it seems, in this town, in this county, for people to come along and see work in progress and talk to artists. And, like, it's, you know, I always think it's a real... It's a real privilege to see work when it's being made. Um, it's like you Absolutely. get to go and dip your fingers in the mixing bowl, right? You get to go and hang out backstage whilst this stuff's being making and talk to people and be involved in the making process. And, and people be, seem to be really into that. It'll be interesting to see how these things develop, how these shows develop next when they come back next year. 
I mean, yeah, yeah. Sophie Woolley, she was uh, the winner of Suitcase Day this year. She's just about to do a show in the Oval House. Check the dates on that, but I think it's July the 12th and 13th. Yeah, augmented. Uh, and that, that show will definitely come back next year. That's part of the prize that yeah. you win for the Suitcase Prize. But yeah, we do we do bring back a proportion of the shows that have been scratched here in the following year so there's usually two or three that we do do you bring them back um, on the pulse presents as well we do yeah i mean you there's a there's a balance to be struck there again in that you don't you don't want your programs to look repetitive so there's a limit to how many times you can do that but certainly listening to our audience and hearing about shows that they've seen in progress that they absolutely love then it's nice to complete that circle and bring the finished piece back yeah yeah exactly that's uh, sort of what i was hoping for to be honest yeah um, so China Plate, would you be able to tell us a little bit about what it is and what it does? Yeah, so China Plate is a producing studio or a producing company. We we call ourselves a studio because we're because we're not a building. People find it difficult to understand what we do because we do producing in the way that producers do. So yeah. we work with artists to raise money, build teams around a creative idea and make projects happen and then we tour those projects so that's the sort of producing bit yeah but we also do two other strands one of which is about artist development uh, and sometimes about sector or audience development and we also program so obviously we program um, yeah. along with the new Wolsey team here we program the Pulse Festival but we also have programming duties at other festivals and other venues around the country and could you tell us which ones they are yep so we're part of the team at the at Warwick Arts Centre where we're also the associate producers uh, we program the first bite and bite sized festivals in the Midlands we program New Directions which is a showcase of work for the Rural Touring for, for the NRTF the National Rural Touring Forum also Hopper is a project where we're looking at showcasing work for under fives. The Rural Touring Dance Initiative is doing a similar thing, trying to get dance out onto the circuits, the rural touring circuits, where yeah. dance isn't so commonly seen. So a whole bunch of those kind of gigs. So um, a lot on. Oh, there's a huge amount <laughs> on, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's that kind of, those three things together... The idea when we set the company up was that those three things would feed each other. Mm. So um, before we set up China Plate many years ago, Ed used to work in film acquisitions, and that's quite a common model in film. They call it vertically integrated production. So you're doing development, production, and distribution. It's not quite the same, but it's an idea that we sort of borrowed. So you know, we might meet an artist through one of our development programs who has a fantastic idea that we develop and make with them, and then we program it in one of our festivals or in our venues. Or it might be that we meet an artist because we've programmed a piece of work. We love it. Afterwards, we're having a drink and saying, "What's next?" And they come up with a an idea that's perfect for one of the development programs we run. So. When it's working at its best, those three elements of what we do feed each other yes, yes. and provide a kind of ecology of opportunity for artists. And it's what makes you know Pulse such a pleasure for us to work on is because it's Pulse is doing that. There is there are commissioning opportunities within Pulse. Yeah. Uh, there is also showcasing opportunities. There's work in progress. So and you know we've been able to support companies in various ad hoc ways. But uh, this year we had uh, Dante or Die developing and doing the first preview of their new show, which happens on binaural headphones and mobile phones, which they did here last night. That was User Not Found. User Not Found, yes. yes. Which is also going up to the Edinburgh Festival. It will be part of the Traverse Theatre's festival programme this year, this summer in August. 
So, yeah, in various ways, that approach to developing, distributing and making work is is part of how we program Pulse as well. Yeah. Okay. What made you want to start China Plate? Goodness me. Well, Ed and I have been working together for 20, 25 years. And through that, that's been on a range of different things. So we were part of a group of people that set up uh, Unlimited Theatre in Leeds in the mid-90s that also included Chris Thorpe and Claire Duffy, John Spooner, Liz Marguerite, Louisa Ashley, as she was then. And we made work, we toured work. We've both produced work with other people. So Ed was a producer at Fuel, the amazing Fuel Theatre for a while, and at at the Lyric in Hammersmith. I did a bit of time working in film and television, as did Ed. We also, we had quite a, I don't know, what's the word? People call it a portfolio career now, don't they? Basically, we did a lot of different things, as many people in the arts do. I did some directing work as well. We did a whole bunch of stuff. And it was really when we, in in the early noughties, sort of like 2000, 2001, we, we were in a position to set up the Arvon Foundation's new writing centre in Shropshire. Okay. So the Arvon Foundation run these brilliant writing courses and they do them all around, all around the year in all kinds of genres. And they have three centres, one in Scotland, one in Yorkshire in Ted Hughes's old house and one down in Devon. And they were opening a new one in the in what was John Osborne's house in Shropshire. So we set that up and we ran it for a number of years. And in the first few years, as we were bringing online the writing courses, we weren't, we didn't start with a program of, I think they do like 40, 45 courses a year now, but we, right. we didn't start with that. We started with 10, then we did 20, then we did 30, because we wanted to sort of build up the number of courses that that foundation was running. So what that meant was that we had this amazing 21-bedroom house with a beautiful studio. Wow. And it was empty for quite a chunk of the year. And so we just started thinking, well, what could we do with that resource? Mm, And that started to be about different ways of bringing groups of people together to develop work. And when we left the Arvon Foundation after running that centre for four years... We took some of those development projects with us and continued to do them. And I suppose that really was the the start start. of China Play. And initially, we were entirely focused on development. Hmm. But naturally, that development work led to producing work, which led to relationships with venues, which led to programming. So at the the absolute heart of what we do is is, is artist, audience and sector development. And it always will be. But years down the line, we started to do more programming and more producer-producing as well. Fantastic. Can you tell us any career highlights or memorable moments from... uh, There's plenty of memorable moments, many of which are not appropriate to repeat. Well, of course, it is the art. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's it's so hard to pick up Has there been any show that really has come through you guys and then just sort of blossomed and sort of run off... Well, we've been really lucky. Like many of the shows that we've made have had amazing lives. So Caroline Horton has made award-winning shows with us that have toured internationally. You know, two Edinburgh runs for Chrissy. Mess was a big hit and has toured in Australia, North America uh, and, and all over Europe. And, and similarly, Chris Thorpe's Confirmation, which was a big hit in Edinburgh in 2014 we did a New York run with that and it's played uh, it's a show about how our confirmation biases make it hard for us to have conversations with people whose political opinions we don't agree with oh yes and we've done that in you know Beirut 
Germany, New York, oh, fantastic. Pa- Palestine, all over the world. So that's very satisfying when you can sit down with an artist like Caroline or Chris and basically just talk through a kind of, have a kind of, I've got this idea conversation. Yeah. And then you can work with that idea work with that artist to help shape that idea, raise the money, build the team, make it happen, get it in front of an audience. And then when it really flies and you find yourself performing in Sydney or New York yeah. or and, and seeing audiences' reactions in parts of the world where it's very interesting to see you know, confirmation part of the story of that show was about Chris's two-year conversation with a British Nazi, a British white supremacist. Right. And so that conversation had a particular feel in New York that was different to Berlin, which was different to Beirut. Of course. Um, And being able to see that and that work having a a different life and a full life in all those different contexts internationally is really exciting. But, you know, also little smaller shows like um, we we brought it to Pulse last year, actually. There's a wonderful piece we're touring at the moment by an artist called Uriel Klein-Makongo who's made a piece called Yvette. Uh, which is about her life growing up in Neesden and and an abusive relationship in her family. And this was a student show that we saw at the East 15 debut festival last year, which is a brilliant festival as part of the contemporary course, which Uri Rudner runs at East 15. He's an amazing man. Mm -hmm. And that was a show that probably would have happened once or twice as part of that end of course kind of showcase. We saw it and we thought, no, it's amazing. She's really got something as a performer. It's an incredible piece of writing and it's a really important story to tell. So we invested in that project. We developed a creative team. We took it to Edinburgh. It it didn't, you know, it was a new artist. So she had a very successful Edinburgh in terms of industry exposure, but we ended up losing a bit of money on it. I mean, not not the artist, but us losing money on it. But we've recently done a little three-week run in London with it. It's looking like it's going to tour. Uriel has a lot of development opportunities with venues both here and abroad. We're in conversations at the moment about that maybe going over to South Africa. Oh, so, you know, th- those kinds of Being able victories to are really yeah. yeah. And and she's a she's a, you know, she's a black artist and it's really important that people of color get those opportunities. So to be able to see that work flourish and for us to be able to be a small part. I mean, it's it's always the artist's talent that's the thing that's winning yeah. in the end. But to be able to help facilitate that, that's a very, very satisfying part of the job. And sometimes that's about a swanky New York run, and sometimes that's about a younger artist getting an opportunity that will hopefully have an impact on the development of their career for a number of years. That's and, great. And that's that's why we do it, you know. I mean, yeah. it's, my, most of my time is spent staring at spreadsheets, and that's <laughs> that's not very exciting. But to be able to help audiences encounter brilliant artists and brilliant ideas and see artists realizing their shows and developing their careers that's that's the bit of the job that is that makes all that time yeah, spent with I mean, excel worthwhile that's really what i wanted to do with this podcast was to um, explore and just to highlight to people like the the background of producers and directors and all of the other people that aren't just the artists and the writers and their role in producing this work and getting it out to the audiences yeah so you're edinburgh uh this year you're uh, where's the venue that you're so we have with we have year? two shows going up this year which is less than we've had in the last couple of years so it'll be a nice gentle edinburgh for us 
We have two shows going up, Status, which is the new show from Chris Thorpe and Rachel Chavkin, who is a New York-based director. So they made Confirmation together, okay. and they made their second show, Status, which is part of a trilogy of work looking at our personal politics or how our personal politics manifests itself in our daily lives. Status is about Britishness or Englishness, and it's... Um, yeah, the starting point for the piece was Theresa May's statement that if you believe you're a citizen of the world, you are a citizen of nowhere. Oh, yes. Uh, and Chris disagreed profoundly with that statement uh, and found the whole Brexit situation quite uh, challenging yes. and ran away, really. So the story is of a guy who who basically kind of wants to renounce his nationality, finds conversations about British values and Britishness sort of difficult and is suspicious of nationalism and he goes on this kind of crazy road trip uh, around the world meeting various people who have different attitudes to their own state or their own nationality and so talking to indigenous people in New Zealand and in the US talking to Palestinians talking to people who had grown up in the old East Germany whose state doesn't exist anymore these kind of things Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating journey that he goes on in which he actually decides that kind of like his his nation needs him more than he needs it in yeah. a way. And that actually if people on the left or liberals run away from a debate around nationalism, then you're leaving that debate to be controlled by people on the right who have absolutely no qualms about utilising that language for their own political ends. So actually, those of us who are on the left have have a duty, in a way, to engage with those conversations... Yeah, otherwise, otherwise it can, you know, we're leaving it, those conversations to people who we might feel use Taking them in, in nefarious the ways. Yes. So that's at the, that, that show is at Summer Hall at 5 to 8 every night during the festival, so from the 4th to the 26th of August. Um, and the second show is a wonderful American piece by a writer called Martin Zimmerman, which he wrote in response to the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. And we had... We had agreed to to produce this show at the Traverse. It's the European premiere of the piece. And sadly, after we decided to do that, there was, of course, the the more recent shootings in America. And and it's spawned the March for Our Lives, the hashtag March for Our Lives movement, which brings a really interesting resonance to doing that piece now. And we're looking at making connections with that campaign. And there's a lot of focus and interest on gun violence and gun legislation in the US at the moment. So, yes, that's directed by Christopher Hayden and will be on The Traverse again throughout August on the Traverse has a rolling programme so the show's yeah. on at slightly different times every day okay. but it's on at Trav 2 yeah two wonderful pieces um, both feel very very pertinent in different ways around you know the, the as we march towards Brexit in 2019 conversations about our national national identity yeah, yeah. are very important and uh, and the whole gun gun control issue in America is very live at the moment so as well. So where can we find more about these? Do you have a website? Yes, we do. So chinaplatetheatre.com is where we're at, where you can find out more about us, about all the projects that we're working on, and you can indeed book tickets for both of those shows. Fabulous. <laughs> Twitter? Twitter. Yes, we are at your old China. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, that's where we're at on Twitter. And you'll uh, occasionally find me posting pictures of my lunch. And the rest of the time, 
all my brilliant colleagues writing intelligent and insightful things on there about <laughs> the work that we're making. Great stuff. So tonight we've got uh, the dance company. Um, tonight. So tonight we have Igor and Marino doing Andante down at Dance East. So in the six years that we've been working on Pulse, we've always had a little break on a Thursday where we go down to Dance East. And we want we want dance, dance artists and those audiences and indeed that that venue to be part of what we do at Pulse. So we have our what we call our dance night down there. So Igor Marino's on Dante down at Dance East tonight. And then we're back up here tomorrow where we have Chris Brett Bailey's Suicide Notes, Prototypes, The Audit, two amazing shows in our studio. And then the the very exciting Education, 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 which is on in the main house, flipped back round now from its studio configuration yes. to the 400 odd, yeah, 400, 500 seats. Yeah, that will be a blast, I think. And it's a very, very amusing, yeah, it's, a, it's just a well, brilliant way to be ending the festival with a, a show like that, which is such a good night out. Excellent. Well, it's been a pleasure to speak to you, Paul. Uh, but yeah, thank you for joining us and uh, see you next year for more of the same yeah thanks very much for for having us in Uh, it's been a delight this year and we're very much looking forward to doing it all again in 2019 brilliant excellent